Well, I have good news for you if that is you. Welcome to a life of following God. All of us as believers at some point, and many of us at many points, uh, have experienced hearing a promise or having a plan from God that we believe is from God, but then life circumstances look totally different. So what do we do when that happens? What is our response? How do you respond when life doesn't seem to line up with what God has spoken? We're going to learn today from a story in Exodus and from the lives of the Israelites. They were in a similar situation where they had a promise from God, but then a circumstance looked totally different, and they had to respond in a certain way. And they learned a very simple lesson. It's the lesson I want us all to learn today. And it's a proverb, a famous proverb that many of you have probably heard. Proverbs 3, 5. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's the message, that's the lesson that I want us to embrace today. See, today I'm going to talk about uh, them going through the Red Sea. And I'm going to talk about Red Sea moments in each one of our lives. And Red Sea moments are these moments where we're walking towards a promise, life happens, and then we have a choice. Often, fears, doubts, and insecurities come in and hit us at that moment, but we have a choice to actually trust God and to continue to hold on to the promise that He's spoken. So let's look at Exodus chapter 14, and we will read the story. And then I'm going to talk about this Red Sea moment, but also talk about a Red Sea moment in my life. So Exodus is a story about the Israelite people. And Exodus, uh, they were enslaved by the Egyptians for about 430 years, the Bible says. And Exodus, in the very beginning, God calls this man named Moses to go and deliver or free the Israelites from the Egyptian rule. And so Exodus 1 through 13 are basically this miraculous story of Moses being called, going into Egypt, God doing 10 miraculous, we call them plagues, and finally Pharaoh says, you can get out of here, go. And so end of Exodus 13, the Israelites actually leave Egypt and they're walking towards the promised lands. And here's where we pick it up in Exodus 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Haharoth, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea, directly opposite Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. I just want to pause here and say, this story is, is one of the purposes, and we see this three times throughout, is that God says, I will gain glory through this story. I will gain glory through what is going to happen. The Israelites didn't know what was about to happen, but God did. And God was saying, hey, through this, the Israelites are going to learn to trust me, and I will gain glory as they learn to trust me. So let's keep going on. Verse 5, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. 
So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots, along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites, who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi-Haharoth, opposite Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. So, God has a promise for the Israelites. He brings them out of Egypt. He's leading them to the promised land. But then all of a sudden, life circumstances look absolutely different than what the Israelites thought was going to happen. And instead, God leads them to this massive sea, the Red Sea, where they can't get anywhere. And now they have the Egyptian army running up behind them, about to either slaughter them or take them back into slavery. And what I think we see here is that the Israelites see, have three things that happen to them. One is fear. Two is doubt. Three is insecurity. Fear is an obvious one, right? Okay, we're about to die and my family's about to die. Or I'm about to go back into slavery, which is terrible. I'm, I'm petrified. Secondly is doubt. Man, I, I just figure, what, could you not doubt the character of God here? Here, God brought you out of Egypt just to bring you here to be humiliated and killed. I doubt God's goodness in that situation. And then finally, I see insecurities. Right? They've, they've been freed. They're the people of God. But here they say, you know, actually, we're just... We are just slaves. Let's just go back to being slaves again. So that's what we see the Israelites responding with, right? Have a promise. Life circumstances look very different, and they respond with fear, doubt, and insecurity. Let's read the next two verses, which are really the key moment in this passage. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I just feel like this is the moment that God is asking the Israelites through Moses, He's asking them, stay, stand firm. Believe my promise. You might not see it, but stand firm and believe. I will fight for you. You need only to be still. God is giving us our response. God is telling us as people of God how we are to respond when we have life situations that don't match what we feel like is the promise or the plan of God. And I love just one other point on this is I love here just a little bit of a leadership lesson from Moses. Here he has people that he's leading and they're living in the fears, doubts, and insecurities. And, and Moses, the leader, says, guys, we need to stand firm. Do not be afraid. Believe what God has said. I just feel like it's a, it's a moment where we 
need to be reminded of the importance of leadership in our lives and the importance of us being leaders for the people that we lead to continue to let them hold on to the vision even if we don't see it. Let's go on to where the miracle actually happens and God makes a way where there is no way. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, it withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak, the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survived. That's how God made a way. That's how God took that circumstance that they were like, what, is, what are we going to do? I have fears, doubts, insecurities all around me. This is, I, I, we're paralyzed. We don't know what to do. And God made a way where there was no way. Praise God. So what was the Israelite response? Verse 29, But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in Him and in Moses, His his servant. So the response is fear of the Lord and trusting in the Lord and in Moses, His servant. So what just happened? God delivers or, or, or sets free the Israelites from the slavery that they were under in Egypt. They, they're walking towards their promised land. I believe that they're like stoked. They're pumped. They're, they're like, we're going to our land. This is the promise. But then God redirects them and puts them into a situation where it's like, wait, this is very different than what we thought. Now we're facing a sea in front of us and we have an army behind us. And in that moment, Moses says, stand firm. I think Moses saw something happening. He saw this divine moment. He said, 
God's going to work through this. I know my God. And then God pulled through in an amazing way. And the response that the Israelites had was fear of the Lord and trust in Him. And what I love about this story is that it is one of the most famous stories in the history of the Israelite people. Multiple times throughout the rest of the Bible, it's mentioned, and we look back, we're reminded to look back and say, Israelites, I think it was written for them to say, remember, we can trust God. He is a trustworthy God. When he speaks things, he means it, and he's going to pull through. We can trust him. And that was their Red Sea moment. That was, that was when God delivered them. And I believe that Red Sea moments are those moments that call us into that Proverbs 3.5 belief that we can trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. Well, I want to tell you a story about A Red Sea moment that I went through, that Leslie and I went through. And I'm going to try to get through it <laughs> as best as I can. All right. Um, one of the promises that God had spoken um, over our life was that, and we both had a, a really belief that God was calling us to minister um, to the gospel to unreached people groups. And so we did that as singles. And then as we got married, we believed that that was our call, like the promise that God had for us as a couple. So we came back and we got married here in Boston and we uh, took a position at our, our church, working with our young adults and also our discipleship school. And but so we've been doing that for the last five years, and every year we've been asking the Lord, Lord, is this is this the year? Like, or Lord, what's your call for us? Is is there a call to go overseas? And last summer, we with our discipleship school trip, and when we were there, we were invited to become the uh, team leaders, and, and uh, Les and I, we took time to process and. Um, just kind of look back on on the promises that God had spoken over. Twelve weeks later, we went to our first. Um, I'll, I'll be able to get through this, but just give me a second. Twelve weeks later, we went to our first ultrasound, and we found out that there was a birth defect with the baby, and. Kind of what, with this type of birth defect, it would either be serious surgeries right when it's born or early. Um, or it would pass away early or it would pass away in, in utero. So those are kind of the three options. So for us, we're like, what the heck, you know? Like, here we are, we, we feel like we had a promise from God, and now all of a sudden, we have a baby that we weren't expecting. Praise God, we have a baby, but now it's, it's, there's some complications that we just didn't expect. And so, in that moment, we just were like, well, we can't, and that was just really hard, because we felt like we had a, we, we had a plan, but 
something else in life was, was, was different. You know, life circumstances were different. And so that was the 12 weeks. For so the next two months, and then many of you guys were part of this. You guys were journeying with us in this. We prayed and prayed and prayed, prayed for a miracle, prayed for clarity, prayed for, what, like, what's next? And um, after those two months, the baby passed away in utero. And so that, again, was a whole other wave of confusion, and it's kind of like, God, what's going on here? You know, like, can we had a plan, now a baby comes, different than what we thought, and then now the baby's passed away. And so very confusing, as you can understand, I'm guessing, and, and very painful for us. Again, you guys stuck, stood with us in, in amazing ways, so we want to say thank you again. But it was in that moment, or, or those months, that uh, three major things came to my life. Fears, doubts, and insecurities. Fears came in of like, hey, if, if something happens to one of our children, then like, what about our other two kids? You know, and like, how would we ever take Hannah and Ava overseas? We, we can't do that. Like, I, we just didn't have the confidence that, that God would actually care for them. Like, that was what the fear was. Then we had doubts. You know, here we are pressing into prayer for two months. You guys rallying around us, and we, you know, we're believing for a miracle, and then it didn't happen. And, and you know, I get that God doesn't always answer our prayers, but it's still, it, it can lodge these little places of doubt in our heart. And then finally, insecurities. I just felt like, in that moment, or in those months, like, I just felt like my calling was challenged about who I am, is that, hey, I'm not even cut out to be a missionary. Like, maybe this is a good thing, you know? Maybe, maybe us are pausing is a good thing, because I wouldn't even be, you know, equipped to do this. We, we were sitting there, and we were saying, God, fears, doubts, and insecurities, this is just swirling around our lives right now. I was, you know, if going to bring it to the story, I was facing the Red Sea, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I remember I had a, uh, Mark came over, and he, uh, he went all Moses on us, and he was saying, you know, hey, what are you, what are you guys going to do? And, and I, I looked at him, I was like, dude, I have no idea. I'm just, I'm so, like, I wanted to be confident, I wanted to make decisions, but I just, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And I just remember Mark said, he's like, all right, wait, we just got to trust, and we got to wait. Thank you, Mark. Um. And so that's what we did. We just, we just said, all right, we're going to trust and we're going to wait. And so that was for about three months that we had this period of, of, of uh, not really knowing what we're going to do next. This was in December, January, February. Then the A&E conference comes around. And the, the A&E conference is an Antioch, New England conference. We do this once a year. It's a time where we worship God and we believe uh, God for what he's going to do in the nations through our church and in church planting. And uh, there was a, uh, a message about bringing the gospel to all around the world. And at the end of the message, the response was, you could either come to the front and uh, pray that you'd be broken, or go to the back and pray, look at a map and pray for the nations. And so I, I looked at Les and I'm like, well, what's that? It's an easy decision. Let's go to the back. <laughs> so we, we walked to the back and, and I wasn't feeling really anything at this time. Like I just, I was totally like numb. And, and then we, uh, the, the thing was, the response in the back was like, all right, look at a country and just start praying for it. 
And I was like, okay, I know how to pray. I know how to intercede for, like, the gospel to go forth, you know. So it was me, Leslie, and Sam Sweet, and we gathered together. And I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start praying. So I just go, all right, Lord, bless. You know, we were, we were, you know, praying about that country. And right as I said, all of a sudden, just the tears nail me. And just emotion floods over me. And for the next 30 minutes, I'm sitting there just weeping and weeping and weeping uncontrollably. And multiple people came up and they were praying for us. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, everybody had different thoughts about what was actually going on in my heart. But at, in that moment, what was, and this is kind of how I like self, you know, in reflection, this is what was happening. Is that I was, it, it was like that Red Sea moment where I was right in front of the sea and I felt like the waters were parting. And Jesus came and he was like, Come and follow. Come and follow me. And it was wonderful. It was at that moment that finally, for the last three months, I've been living in fears, doubts, insecurities, and I, literally, I felt those things just like they were they like lifted. They were gone. And Jesus just said. Come and follow me. Oh, it was wonderful. It was the tears of joy, honestly. And that God, uh, it was in that moment that I, that, I, that I really understood in Matthew 28 when Jesus says, I will be with you always. He's, he's ascending into heaven, and this is the last thing he says to his disciples. He says, I'm gonna see, I'll be with you always. And it's like, that doesn't even make sense. But like, I, I got it at that moment. I was like, oh, he's right with me. And he's leading me into my promise or another plan that he has for my life. So here I am. I feel like I had a promise from God. Life circumstances hit. <laughs> Life circumstances hit. Very different than what I thought. We, specifically me, I'm sitting there in fears, doubts, and insecurities. I didn't know what to do. I, was, felt, like, I felt like I was paralyzed. I didn't, know what to, I didn't know how to move, make a decision for our family. And then in that moment... When God I needed it the most, I felt like Jesus said, All right, now you're ready. Walk through the Red Sea with me. And so I just, I just, I'm thankful, obviously, for that moment. It was very, very powerful. And I, and I, play, and I pray and believe that in the future, you know, I know fears, doubts, and insecurities, they're going to come again, they're going to hit. But I pray that just like the Israelites wrote it down, that I'm going to look back and say, Hey, this was a moment that I trust God's promises. I trust Him when He speaks. I trust Him to make a way when there is no way. I trust Him that I can just stand still and He's going to make a way. He's going to bring me through the sea. I have good reason to trust God. I have good reason to believe His promises. So, Ben, why don't you you come up and we're just going to respond in a simple way. I just believe that all of us, in a di- 
or, or will be in or are in or have been through these Red Sea moments. For some of you guys, it might be that you guys have just received a promise. Or you feel like God's given you a plan for your life. My, my encouragement to you is that, man, life, life will hit with different circumstances. Will you be one who chooses to trust God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding? For some of us, you're right in the midst of those fears, doubts, and insecurities. You know, if that's the dominant feeling that you're feeling, or if you're like me, you're just like, I can't even move. Like, I don't even know what to do next. Or, hey, I'm actually doubting God and His goodness. I'm doubting His promise that He spoke. I'm living in fear. Or I'm just super insecure about who I am. I, don't, I can't step into that promise. I can't step into what God's called me into. Because I'm a slave. Or I'm not good enough. Man, for you, it's just... You need that Moses moment where he just comes in and says, Man, stand firm. Do not be afraid. Let the Lord fight for you. Be still. So there was going to be a prayer team up here. If that's you, we just want a Moses moment you. Just pray over you. For some of you in that place, there might be a needed repentance. Like, Lord, I'm giving in to fears. I'm giving in to insecurities. I'm sorry. I don't want that anymore. I, you know what? There's... There's miracles that can happen in repentance and prayer. And you can, you can literally be, it can change in a moment when we repent and when we receive prayer. And I just believe that's, that's some of you guys today. And then finally, it's for those of you who've been through the Red Sea, you felt like you had a moment maybe similar to mine. For you, it's, it's you got to remember you got to look back and say, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm making a commitment that I'm going to be a man or a woman who does trust the Lord with all my heart. I'm not going to lean on my understanding. God was faithful. God proved himself at that time. I'm going to believe he's going to be faithful again. So let me pray, and then we can respond. And there's going to be a prayer team up here. If, again, if you feel like you need prayer for anything in any of these, um, any of these things I just said. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are our leader. Thank you that you draw us through the Red Sea. Thank you, Lord, that in times when we are just stuck in fears, doubts, and insecurities, you're a God who leads us. Thank you that we can be exhorted, just like Moses exhorted the the Israelites, we can be exhorted to stand firm and believe. Believe your promises, Lord. I pray that we would be a people who, who believe the promises that you've spoke. Lord, I even believe the promise that you've spoke over this church, that we'd be a light in this city that we would be a church-planting church, that we would see leaders raised up, that we'd see salvations in this city, Lord. I believe, Lord, in ways that we life circumstances have not been what we, maybe we thought for this church, I'm praying that we would believe again, that we would believe the vision that you've given us as a church, Lord, to touch every part of the world, Lord, that we'd be a, a church that sends out people all around the world to unreached people groups, that we would believe these promises that you've spoken again, Lord. We'd stand firm. We'd believe your promises. Pray that that would be us. It would mark us as a people that we trust you, God. We trust your call. We trust your promises. So, Lord, touch each one of us today. I pray that we'd be a people, Lord, who, who live out Proverbs 3, 5, that we would trust in you with all our heart and lean not on our understandings. Lord, anybody who's in the midst of, of leaning on their own understanding, I pray that they would come to you this morning and learn to trust in you with their whole heart.